world of students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted He said sorry Star Kid But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Oh wait, shit, you are a wizard, yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, come on in Welcome to Hogwarts Hello, and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter, except today it's kind of a Harry Potter podcast. It's a Harry Potter podcast. We're going to view Harry Potter. We're going to view Harry Potter through the lens of Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) But not Harry Potter. It's Harry Potter, but it's not Harry Potter. And to be clear, the reason we're doing Harry Potter is because it's Harry's fucking birthday. It's Harry's birthday. Harry birthday to you. (laughs) Harry birthday to you. (laughs) Harry birthday, dear. Happy. (laughs) Harry birthday to you. I never want to have a Harry birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you're in luck. Never will. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sounds terrifying and awful. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're, but we're not just talking about Harry Potter, because that would be stupid as shit. Everybody's been sorted. Yeah, everyone in Harry Potter already has a Hogwarts house, so what are we doing? We're doing... I gotta get back to Hogwarts! I gotta get back to school! I gotta get myself to Hogwarts! Where everybody knows I'm cool. Back to witches and wizards and magical beasts. To goblins and ghosts and to magical feasts. It's all that I love and it's all that I need at Hogwarts. Hogwarts, I think I'm going back. Back to Hogwarts with a very Potter musical slash sequel. Which they also technically have Hogwarts houses. But because they're exaggerated versions of the characters. Or sometimes just they're not the same character. Like, Yaxley is not Yaxley from the book in the slightest. Yeah, they're like, there's a lot of differences between the, the, the fan-made musicals produced by Starkid, uh, which you should all definitely go watch if you have not seen, because goddamn, they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what, how are you on the internet if you haven't seen them? You'd be like, surprised. Uh, they are, they're, they're parody plays, versions of the stories, sort of mixing yeah. and matching different mm. books into single stories, yeah. and uh, they're comedies, and they're musicals, and they're very, very funny, but the characters are not necessarily the characters that they are from the books, so we're gonna yeah. talk about them. And specifically, the first one mostly does a little bit of Philosopher's Stone, a fair bit of Goblet of Fire, and Deathly Hallows, and was originally yeah. intended as a standalone story, and they wrapped everything up. And then it was so popular they had to do a sequel, and they're like, crap. Well, luckily, this stupid series has time travel in it for some reason, so we'll do some <laughs> of the other bits. And then they were like, what if we do a third one using the only books we haven't done, and it's the story's bad? Yeah, it's not as good. So we're going to just sort of ignore that one. I think I've only seen it once all the way through. It came out a lot later, and there's just a lot of weird things going on with it. It did have Ivana Lynch in it. Yeah, the last half an hour is great as well, and like, it's very emotional at that point, but the the characters change a lot as well, so it's weird to discuss them from a character standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not talking about that one. We are talking about a very Potter musical 
and a Harry Potter sequel. Let's do that. So, uh, first off, Harry freaking Potter. You don't understand. You're a legend, man. To us, it's going to be really hard not to sing throughout this whole thing. We're gonna sing a lot. We're gonna sing because it's a musical and it's great. Every so, son Alex, and daughter safe from you know who all because of you. You were small. Right. Anyway, Alex, <laughs> for uh, for our listeners at home who may not already know, who is Harry Potter? <laughs> 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 Harry Potter is the boy who lived. He, uh. You don't mess with Harry Potter. He killed the Dark Lord when he was a baby. Yeah, that's all you need to know. We meet Harry at the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of a Harry Potter musical. He's about to go into his second year at Hogwarts. For a Harry Potter sequel is mostly a prequel with some sequel time travel parts. But it's mostly a prequel, which is a weird title. But. So we meet him at the beginning of his second year. He's become very very self-confident to the point of arrogance like he's <laughs> he is he is a he is he's cocky. harry freaking potter see we say that he's more like james potter yeah the, he's basically james everybody Bla- loves him he's the best yeah. he doesn't need to do magic he can just play guitar and everyone will do things for him although to be fair to play his guitar he does need to use magic to get his guitar yeah in the in the original play, he becomes the tri- the not the Triwizard Champion. Sorry, it's very similar. It's the school champion or something. I don't know. I, I think they're just doing like the House Cup. Oh like, right, just... yeah, yeah, it's the House Cup tournament. Hermione specifically mentions it's like the Triwizard tournament, <laughs> but then Quirrell's just like, yes, it's sort of like that, but no, not at all. It's a, <laughs> there are four wizards. How can it be the Triwizard tournament if there's four wizards? It's like, can anyone tell me what a port key is? <laughs> can anyone tell me what foreshadowing is? <laughs> Harry, yeah. So Harry's personality is a lot like what we know of James from the books, basically. Yeah, he's like Harry, but a lot more arrogant. Yeah. And I think this episode we're going to get to talk a little bit more about should the characters in the books have been put in the houses? So because if we're saying Harry in this is very much like James from the books. James was sort of into Gryffindor, so do we just put Harry into Gryffindor? Or are we going to say that James probably shouldn't have been in Gryffindor? Like, let's discuss that. Ooh. Yeah. So should does does Harry in this play go into Gryffindor just like James? I actually would say that the Harry in the play is more Gryffindor than Harry in the books. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> the end of statement. <laughs> Please, babe, th- babe, this is a podcast where we explain our reasoning. The, the, whole, the whole podcast is where we, ex- we voice an opinion and then explain it. Yeah, first, okay, first of all, before I answer, what is a Gryffindor? What the hell? What the hell is a Gryffindor? Because um, we've talked about this before and Gryffindor is like the l- least well-defined house somehow. Well, as Dumbledore explains in this play, he just puts anyone who looks like a good guy in Gryffindor, anyone who looks like a bad guy in Slytherin, and the others can just go wherever the hell they want. Okay, then by play standards, yeah, Harry's a Gryffindor. Yeah? You might belong in Gryffindor, where dwell the brave at heart. Their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. So, daring and nerve, he, so he's put into the Triwizard Tournament, Hermione wants him to try and get out of it. Harry's just like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Sounds, sounds fun. Yeah, very Gryffindor. Okay, so the question was originally... Why is this Harry more Gryffindor than Book Harry? Mm. Book Harry is definitely 
brave um, and definitely like doesn't always think things through and just sort of jumps into stuff and is like, I'm just gonna go save some people and he's kind of yeah. So he's got the chivalry down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I do I would say that Book Harry is still a Gryffindor, but I think this uh, play Harry is even more. more. Yeah, he's more Gryffindor. He's like more like boisterous and like I got this. I'm the best. Book Harry will do things to save people. This Harry will do things just to prove he can do it, just because it sounds cool. Book Harry is a lot more modest. Hmm. Book Book Harry is constantly like. No, like, I I only got through this by accident. Like, the only reason I survived is because people helped me. The only reason I survived is because I got lucky. Um, he doesn't really consider himself like, oh yeah, I'm the best. And I think at the beginning of sequel, when we're seeing Harry at the beginning of his first year, when he doesn't know his, his, anything about himself, I think we see that. Basically. Like, the beginning of sequel, he mm -hmm. is pretty much Harry I've seen in... The, in the books he yeah. isn't sure of himself and then Ron and Rita Skeeter for some reason <laughs> who is really nice in the play I guess or at least <laughs> like Harry likes her I don't know but the point is they sing a song about how wonderful he is but then even then he's still not confident and there's, the, there's a scene going into his sorting where he's not yeah. confident but then like once, once he's just got people fawning over him constantly it just goes to his head massively and builds up that yeah. side. Yeah, and he becomes that like very self-assured, uh, you could say arrogant, um, sort of version of the character. Okay, so ha we're making the controversial statement here that Harry Potter is a Gryffindor. Yeah, I'd say play Harry is to the, not quite to the extreme, but like, more emphatically Gryffindor. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with words today. <laughs> no, I, I, I get what you mean, though. And that means that our listeners will, too, or else. <laughs> uh, he's, he's Gryffindor, sort of... Emphasized. It's, like, it's just... It's like, a, like a caricature. More pronounced. Yeah. So, so far, what we've discussed is, while there are some changes, all they really did was exacerbate what was already said about the characters. Yeah. Off to a great start. Let's look at someone else. Let's talk Ron, about... Wrong! Wrong! Weasley! Wrong play! <laughs> Should we sort the Potter Puppet Pals? Uh, maybe next year. Potter Puppet Pals Ron is a Hufflepuff. I think senior... Uh, not senior year. I think, um... I think you do mean senior year, don't you? Are you talking about Ron in senior year, where he is also a Hufflepuff? I guess. But I was gonna say, just in the plays in general, I might say that he's a Hufflepuff. Really? Okay. You think Ron in Harry Potter musical and Harry Potter sequel? No, maybe not. No, maybe not. I think again because of the character changed by senior, he is a Hufflepuff. I don't think he is in these plays. Yeah, hold on. What does he do? What does he do in sequel? Um, bullies Hermione, and then is very jealous of, of Draco for being a mature older boy. Right. Yeah. No. You know what? Uh, play Ron as a Slytherin. I think so. Yeah. And to be fair, I think that's because, again, they're kind of playing up the characters from the books. So people talk about the characters in the books and say that, like, that they all would have, like, a, a different secondary house. And Hermione's obviously would be Ravenclaw. Yeah. 
people say Ron would have been Hufflepuff because he's such a good loyal friend, and which is just like highlighted by his Patronus of a Terrier, and Harry would be Slytherin because the hat almost put him in Slytherin. But like, I completely disagree. The hat only almost put Harry in Slytherin because Voldemort was inside him. Yeah, Harry's not particularly ambitious. No, he d- he barely cares about what he's going to do. Yeah. Like, he only does it t- for the sake of it being the right and Gryffindor thing to do. He spends a lot of time trying, especially like in the earlier books, trying to sort of like lay low and not be the center of attention. He doesn't like people staring at him. But you know what? You know what Harry's actual like life dream is to have a family <laughs> which is why the epilogue is good baby <laughs> oh harry that also that also houses in the books yeah i was gonna say in in the books ron is, is ambitious he has like ambitious all of his his brothers that he wants to sort of you know, stand aside from and and be well, yeah, more thing. impressive, if not as impressive. In the Mirror of Error said, yeah. In the Mirror of Error said, he saw himself as head boy holding up the house cup because he was being sh- like highlighted as such a great person and like yeah. he was ahead. And that's then again, like in the same way, he gets the counterintuitive ending where he has the, the most humble life out of all of them. He was you know helping out his brother in the joke shop. After yeah, because he he grew he and helps. realized what what really was important. Yeah, but yeah, especially especially early on, I he yeah. would definitely have been sorted into a Slytherin. Yeah, and Ron in the plays, that side of him is drawn out more. Not so much. It's not like specifically stated he wants to be the Quidditch captain. He wants to be head boy. That sort of thing. But yeah, he wants to get ahead. Yeah, the like subplot with like him and Hermione, like. The subplot? I guess that's the plot. I guess that's pretty major plot stuff, yeah. Involving two of the three main characters. The the romantic side of the plot, um regarding him and Hermione. Uh he's he goes into that very selfishly. I mean, he sings a duet about his love with someone else who shares the exact same perspective, and that character is Slytherin. Yeah. Or at least yeah. in Slytherin, whether or not he's actually a Slytherin, we'll get to. Yeah, but, and both and yeah. both of them are being fairly sort of selfish in regards oh, yeah. to that, and like not really considering Hermione's feelings, and yeah. Once they're getting drunk and talking about how he can't believe she's dancing with everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> he's like super jealous, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he he wants her for himself, and yeah. I, I think that that segment of the plot definitely uh, suggests Slytherin as well. Yeah, Ron in a very popular musical and sequel is a Slytherin. Yeah. Herman. Next up, we got Herman. <laughs> Herm. Herman. Ah, Nitro. <laughs> oh, poor Hermione. I mean, look, we only make fun of her because she can't draw. She can't draw. Hermione can't draw. Hermione can't draw. She only reads books and she cannot draw. Even if she's reading a how to draw book. <laughs> so the real question here is 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 play Hermione still Gryffindor or is she actually now just a Ravenclaw because like that's, those are obviously going to be the two choices like if you're exacerbating Hermione's personality it would be drawing out the Ravenclaw side yeah I'm trying to think okay so like what is what are some things that she does she tries to stop Harry from entering yep. the tournament because she thinks it's yep. dangerous yep 
she and she is being presented at that point as the only character in the play who thinks. Like, <laughs> thinks at all. <laughs> like she throws away Dumbledore's sandwich because it's a bomb, and Dumbledore's upset with her for throwing away the sandwich. Yeah. Also, why was Snape trying to kill Dumbledore at that point? <laughs> <laughs> Why did Snape give Dumbledore a bomb sandwich? <laughs> it's Dumbledore's favorite. I think, Alex. I think that this this Harry Potter parody musical play that was put on by university students might have a plot hole. No, never. Can anyone tell me what foreshadowing is? Uh, what else does Hermione do? She's um, the coolest girl in the whole wide world. Yep. So she's got that stuff. So I think, I think, think about it, a defining moment for her personality in the plays is in sequel when she is challenged to go into the, into the Shrieking Shack and draw the monster, and she does. She does. And I think that that is Hermione being Gryffindor. I think she's still Gryffindor yeah. here. Yeah. Which is interesting. I think going into this, I would have guessed she was drawn more at Ravenclaw. But... They definitely could have. Yeah. I think she's probably s- slightly more Ravenclaw in... Uh, the first place. Yeah, yeah. No, they they definitely could have exaggerated her in that direction, but they they yeah. don't really take her that way. Um, she is little. one of the the like only characters that seems yeah. to be aware of she's some of the stuff of the sh- that the audience would pick up on. Yeah, she's the straight man of the plays, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that is very Hermione, actually. <laughs> I think Hermione is probably the character whose personality is closest to herself from the book. Yeah, yeah. In a weird way. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's part of why it's fair to say that Hermione is still just a Gryffindor. Yeah, I'd say she's still a Gryffindor. You know who might not still be in the same house as in the books? Did somebody say Draco Malfoy? Did somebody say Draco Malfoy? A.K.A. the best character in the plays. No question. No God question. bless Lauren Lopez. Lauren Lopez redefined Draco Malfoy. I love. <laughs> yeah. So, Draco, as introduced at the beginning of of the first play, is still pretty much very similar to Draco from the books. Mm-hmm. And again, at the beginning of... Uh, and for, like Draco's one is interesting because his character in sequel is the most different. Because in Act 1, it's Draco from first year, who's basically just got the same personality from the beginning of musical. But yeah. then in Act 2, it's a time travel Draco from the end of seat musical where in the future he's really nice now he's really nice now yeah draco you little shit and he has no ulterior motives whatsoever no never in his own words he's a racist he despises (laughs) mudbloods and gingers he hates gryffindor house and his parents work for the man who killed harry's parents do you want to be my friend harry and then Harry hears all that and decides, you hate Gryffindor? Fuck off! <laughs> I don't care about that other shit, but Gryffindor... So, okay, that, that whole statement where he's like, yeah, there's all these reasons that like I should hate you and I should not want anything to do with you, but like, hey, do you want to be my friend? What a Hufflepuff move. <laughs> <laughs> Intra- to yeah. be fair, though, you say that, that is also just exactly what he does in the book. That's true. Like, also, but in, that line- in the book, it's coming from, um, if he's friends with Harry, then he gets, like, a leg up on the world kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think in the book, it is very much, like, he's very ambitious, he's very self-assured, 
There uh, is a very popular fan theory that basically Draco was sent by his father to go and try and become friends with Harry on the basis of thinking that Harry might, as many people had rumoured for years, that Harry might, in fact, be the new Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they thought, okay, this is someone new that we can rally behind. I could, I could see that. And it turns out, actually, he's a little shit. So, anyway, the big shift in Draco's character comes quite early in the play and does define his character for the most part, is Hermione bitch slaps him, like in Prisoner of Azkaban, and yeah. he's into this. <laughs> Hermione Grange is only a, a 9.8 out of 10, because there's always room for improvement. And he's holding out for an 11, because I'm worth it. And next year... Next year, I'll be transferred to pig farts! <laughs> This year, you bet, gonna get out of here. The rain of mouth boy is drawing near. I'll have the greatest wizard career. It's gonna be totally awesome. So that actually, now I'm glad, kind of glad we did that. You're gonna have to keep that in now because, like that, at that point, Draco probably would be Slytherin. Yeah. And at the point he sort, like he would have been sorted into Hogwarts, he probably would have been Slytherin. But the character, yeah. as we're presented throughout the majority of the plays, almost the entirety of the first play, the second half of the second play, and the entirety of the third play later, he's changed because he's like fallen in love with Hermione, or at least got a crush, and part of falling that- Falling in love, falling in love, falling in love. We can't, we can't keep singing everything every few minutes. With Hermione Granger. Although I guess we have just done Ron, Hermione, and Draco, so this would be the last chance for that. Yeah. Um, but, so, and then Draco like does try to help Voldemort briefly, but does <laughs> uh, does qu- quite quickly defect and try to help everyone. He does, yeah. Ultimately, end up trying to do the right thing. He got really disappointed that he couldn't join in the four part harmony with Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ginny. Yeah, but then he gets he does, to, like... but then he gets to in sequel, and it's really cute. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking Gryffindor. So I was gonna say. So then again, in um in sequel, he finds out his father's new plot to try and kill Harry in the past, and he makes the active effort to go back and save Harry and yeah very much just does actually genuinely want to be their friend and want to be part of their yeah. group um, I mean also he's in love with Hermione and that's yeah so I think it's fair to say 100% either Gryffindor or Hufflepuff which we both mentioned yeah and yeah I guess like sequel does kind of bring out the uh, the more Gryffindor side way yeah you know he turns against Voldemort then he travels back in time and turns against his father yeah I'd say yeah. I'm happy to say Gryffindor. I'd say Gryffindor. Draco Malfoy is a Gryffindor. Oh, the tables have turned. How the turns have tabled. Drake, so Draco Malfoy is a Gryffindor. What the devil is going on here? <laughs> I can't think of any other Snape lines. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. That's absurd. You're absurd. Say that to what? my face. <laughs> You're absurd. That's absurd. So many assholes in this place. So many assholes in my face. <laughs> so let's talk about Snape. The main thing I want to say about Snape is they did some like YouTube interviews with the cast on YouTube mm-hmm. where it was Snape interviewing them. Yeah. And I just know that there's a line where he says, join me next week when my guest would be a pterodactyl. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> something joe moses would just like just say yeah so snape <laughs> snape let's talk about snape snape is still the potions master and he's a dick and he's kind of, he kind of fulfills the role of almost every teacher always like yeah. he's very much got mcgonagall's role mo- rolled into his yeah 
but also he fulfills the role of like uh, of Wormtail and Barty Crouch Jr. in the Goblet of Fire aspect, and he cuts off his hand and has it replaced with a hook. Oh yeah. He's either trying like there are points where he seems to actually be trying to kill Dumbledore, but then he does indeed say like help Harry at the end and shows him exactly what he has to do and tells him to watch very carefully. He didn't do anything. <laughs> That's because he's dead, you dumb piece of <laughs> That's that moment was glorious. And then he's also just Dumbledore's best friend. Yeah. Snape, what is the line? Severus Snape is the bravest, sexiest man ever. Is that, is that the line? Is there another part to it? There is, there's at least one more part. The bravest, sexiest, most handsome man. I, that sounds right. He still has his obsessive love for Lily. And that's actually made part of the, like, like brought into the plot a bit more. And like highlighted, and it's such an like they sequel uses the mirror era said so well. It's real good. It kind of makes me mad that the books stop using it after the first book because like <laughs> like it, melding that part of the plot with Sirius Black and having it like Sirius prove his God, that's his, so good. good by saying he sees the same thing in the mirror as Harry because oh, he just wants Harry's heart. parents back. That's They're... so good. And then uh, Snape also just sees Lily, which means it's a really effective use of of that scene where they've got James and Lily's actors standing there. Yeah, it's really well done staging. Man. It is really good. There are some things. There are some things that I think the plays do better than at least better than the movies for sure. Oh yeah, and I mean the fi- <laughs> the final confrontation with Voldemort. They do that word for word from the book. And it's very and it's good. Yeah, man. But like. Some of the some of those staging aspects, it almost make it makes me wish that there was a Harry Potter play, or yeah, like a, that a would, legit one. That would be cool. They should like an actual Harry Potter play that was actually Harry Potter. Yeah, they should do something like that. You know, mm. not not you know not something stupid like these plays that you know have like some yeah. crazy time travel plot or whatever. Yeah, ridiculous <laughs> bullshit time travel plots to change the past. Even though, although to be fair, the past is never changed in this play. So they actually do demonstrate a stable time loop. God, oh they did gosh. it better! I'm so of mad! Course, of course they did! Cursed Child would have been better if they had just hired Darren Chris. God damn! Uh. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, butt trumpet. Right. Um, but so, so, so a lot of the time everyone, like Snape hates it everyone but then also like he's really good friends with ron and like sometimes he'll just <laughs> high five ron yeah he'll be like what are you doing here granger <laughs> 10 points from gryffindor and then just be like sup ron oh weird i can hear you that i'm clear so snape is snape any is snape still a slytherin or not i mm. uh, i don't know i think I think that the plays actually made it so that he's not just being loyal for the sake of Lily. Like, I think sequel analyzed that and then had him kind of get, like, he almost gets over Lily yeah. and starts doing the right thing for the sake of the right thing. And that then, like, shows ev- in everything he did in A Very Potter Musical. Yeah. And, like, there are, the w- there are some weird moments, but, like, all in all, I think, I mean, there are weird moments. Like I say, he does help bring Voldemort back, I guess. But that's also kind of part of his, like, I gotta play this role or else, like, Voldemort will know that I'm helping the good guys. But does that really matter when Voldemort is nothing? I don't. Yeah, it's that's a little weird. But, I I mean, that's kind of the, the joke. It's kind of a joke as well. Yeah. You know what? 
I think Severus Snape is a Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, he de- he he develops loyalty. He does. He's super loyal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Book Snape is loyal. I mean, for selfish, gross eh. reasons. Um, but it's it's a self it's a very selfish loyalty that's not actually we're gonna talk about that at the end of the episode say, when yeah. we read an email that someone sent us. We'll get to that. Hufflepuff. Yeah, sure. Snape's a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. So said. Well, my line was so said by Dumbledore. Dumbledore, who canonically in the play was sorted as gay as the 4th of July. Valid. He is portrayed as being very flamboyant and, like, very camp. Yeah. Um, They gave us the Dumbledore we deserve. Part of the whole thing with it is to be a comedic contrast to the book, because he is introduced at the beginning, like... He's so stoic in the... Yeah, he comes out singing this deep, booming voice... But then it's like, oh, that's not dumb. Like, and it's like, oh, this is the impressive headmaster. But actually, he's just a silly old goose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's very... He, he's incredibly trusting. Yes. Um, to a fault. He is naive as all heck. Dumbledore tries to date Umbridge. <laughs> because he thinks Umbridge is a sexy man. But as we all know, Umbridge is Joe Walker. Yes. Who is obviously not a sexy man as Dumbledore. Joe Walker is definitely a sexy man. Joe Walker is also Voldemort. He's also Batman. He's also Batman. Is Dumbledore a Hufflepuff? I kind of think Dumbledore is a Hufflepuff. I think Dumbledore's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. He doesn't know what a Hufflepuff is, <laughs> which is ironic. Yeah. 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 Hufflepuff. Oh, jeez, this is Harry Potter. Oh, you're Harry Potter. You're the boy, you're who, the lived. boy who lived. You're, you're Ginny. It's Ginevra. So Ginny is introduced as bra- whiny, bratty little sister, kind yeah. of in the role she is at, in the first t- two books. Yeah, she's just but then kid sister. Has to kind of quickly transition into attractive love interest Ginny from books five onwards. Yeah, so they give her that like exchange where like Harry's kind of like I can't remember what's going on in the moment actually, but like he's unsure about what to do, and she sort of gives him a pep talk and is like, "Hey, you're not alone." We got yeah. your back. Baby, you're not alone. Man, it bugs me. Jamie Lynn Beatty, I hate the Ginny voice. And like, that's yeah. kind of the point at first. You're supposed to hate it. It's supposed to be a whiny, bratty kid voice. But, and it, it should change when the when the character art, posi- like the position of the character changes. Yeah. And her singing voice her singing is voice so is good. Her singing voice is beautiful. Because baby, you're not alone. Because you're here with me. And then as Rita, as Rita Skeeter, as Rita Skeeter, yeah. she's amazing. <laughs> she does Rita Skeeter so well. Yeah. Rita Skeeter here. Rita Skeeter here on the Daily Prophet. I'm reporting to you live from Platform 9 and 3 quarters, where it just pop- happened upon the original WizKid himself, Harry Potter, the lad who lived. That's you and me get on a level, HP. <laughs> you excited to go to Hogwarts? Are you frightened for your life? So, Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a very fun voice to do. <laughs> Yeah, I should let you have your moment. You don't do a lot of voices, and that is you doing that voice very well. <laughs> Ginny is obsessed with Harry. She is. Ginny only cameos in sequel as well because of it being a, a, a prequel yeah. instead of a sequel. Yeah, so she's not at Hogwarts yet. But in this, she has got that loyalty. She stands by Harry pretty much when no one else does, even when like they force Harry, Hermione and Ron to be kind of against Harry. Ginny sticks by Harry. Yeah. 
even when Harry is a turd to her, yeah, and she really shouldn't stick by him. She sticks by him. Yeah, loyal, loyal to a fault. She brings Draco to the group. She does. She's very trusting, and she she sees in people. The good in him. Yeah, she sees like the good in people when maybe no one else does. So what house is that? What what house is seeing the good in people? That's kind of an interesting like like how where do you put that as a trait? That's a hard one because I could see it going a number of different ways. I wouldn't say Slytherin, yeah. but I could see it being Hufflepuff. I could actually see it being Ravenclaw. Okay. I don't think that's right for this character, but I would say Hufflepuff yeah. or Gryffindor. Probably Hufflepuff. Oh, for, for Ginny's character? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could go either way on Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. Does she do anything particularly brave? Well, again, bringing Draco to the group at that point was brave. Yeah. Standing by Harry when no one else did was is also brave. Yeah. What is that? A, is that... Would you categorize that more as a chivalrous bravery type thing or more of a kindness loyalty type thing? Standing by Harry is the latter. Bringing Draco, I think, is the former. Okay. So I think she's a little bit of both. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we didn't get anywhere. <laughs> so Dumbledore doesn't have a clue what he's doing, so let's assume that she's actually a Hufflepuff. Okay, sure. Because Dumbledore's an idiot. Yeah. Also an idiot. Also an idiot. Is my Dark King. You can, okay, you can cut it with the Dark King stuff. I, I see you wipe your butt daily. We're there. We've reached that point. You can call me Voldemort. Oh, wait, I, I skipped that line. Yeah, because that's such a good point, point as well, Luke. Because it's not made entirely clear how long Voldemort is on the back of Quirrell's head. But, like, just... Going into that domestic side of it, it's just so it's good. It's so good. I adore the, like, Voldemort Quirrell everything. Oh, yeah. Quirrellmort is a huge ship entirely because of this insane play. Yes. Just, like, the, 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 the dynamic that, that the play presents and is like, hey, what if, like, this is how that was going on is just incredible. You won't sleep on your tummy. You won't sleep on your back. Oh, you do the voice so good. <laughs> <laughs> so Do Vol Voldemort is introduced as very much the same as he is in the in the books. He's evil. He wants to kill Harry. He wants to take over the world. Yeah. But also, he's very fussy. He's very fastidious. Everything has its place. Muggles have their place. Mudbloods have their and place. And so do your clothes. <laughs> Namely, a dresser! I love, I love that representation of Voldemort, it's so good! In the second half of the play, once Voldemort's got everything he wanted, and it's revealed that he was going to betray Quirrell, yeah. he's, like, he's realised he was wrong, he, like, he gives, he pretty much is, like, he realises what he's missing, and almost, wi almost willingly gives up everything, including his life, because he'd rather have Quirrell. JD, he came back. I came home. <gasps> Hufflepuff? I don't know. I mean, he is ambitious. Yeah. He does retain that. But, but he gives up on that ambition. He does. To to be loyal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, sure, fine, Hufflepuff, yeah. All right. Like, if you just looked at the, seat, the, the odd couple scene, I would have said Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is a small, a minor aspect of his character. Yeah. And it's kind, it's kind of just there to set up a contrast with Quirrell. Yeah, Which yeah. is weird, because you think... I feel like Quirrell should be the one who wants to put... Like, 
put clothes away right? and Voldemort should be like, I don't care, I have more important things to do. Which is why it's so funny. Yeah. And our main villain is a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I love a Hufflepuff villain. But to be fair, he's a Hufflepuff insofar as he turns his back on villainy. Yeah. Like, as a villain, he's Slytherin, but it's because he turns his back on that. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could see arguments for other houses as well. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say this is, like, a hard Hufflepuff. Like I say, he's he's got a strong Ravenclaw side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we put any of those characters into Ravenclaw? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's almost like they're all idiots. Give me just a second, I need some painkillers. And it's noisy. But I'm dying. Sounds like you've got a splitting headache. Just like Harry Potter gets a splitting headache thanks to that scar on his forehead shaped like a lightning bolt. It's time for the lightning bolt round! <laughs> that was really good! Yeah! I was gonna cut out the fact that I needed some ibuprofen, but I guess I'll have to leave that in now. Yeah, because I'm the king of transitions. <laughs> are you ready for the lightning bolt round? Let's go. I'm sure as hell not ready. I Yeah, these are hard. Yeah. Cho Chang, Damori Gato, Cho Chang. That's alright. I'm Cho Chang, y'all. I'm Cho Chang, y'all. It's your favorite! Yeah, but this isn't Cho Chang in the slightest. <laughs> there is nothing Cho Chang about this character. It's Cho Chang, you love Cho Chang! Uh, Gryffindor. Okay. I don't know. Cedric Diggory! Ced- Who's Cedric Diggory? He's, you know, he's that guy. I hate that guy. He's just so huge and tall. And <laughs> uh, I th- I'm gonna say Cedric Diggory is still a Hufflepuff. Yeah, he's got the most important Hufflepuff trait now. Yeah, he's a particularly good finder. He is a particularly good finder. He's just got the biggest smile. How about Lupin? Lupin can't sing. I'm Remus freaking Lupin. <laughs> Remember how Ryan can't draw? She can't draw. I think he's still Gryffindor. What about Sirius Black? Oh, <laughs> also probably still a Gryffindor. Yeah, they don't. He's not in the play he, Yeah, he doesn't have as much going on. He's very, he's very similar to like actual Sirius. <laughs> Harry, I am homeless. <laughs> how about Umbridge? Fucking Umbridge. Ah, oh. she is a Slytherin. Well, she was a Slytherin in as far as the books are concerned. Yeah, I think she's probably still Slytherin. Probably. Yeah, I'm gonna say Slytherin. Professor Quirrell. Uh, happy as a squirrel. <laughs> as long as I with Mister. I'm with Mister Quirrell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quirrell, uh, bookwise, was a Ravenclaw. I think so. Um, I'm I'm gonna say he's still a Ravenclaw. Yeah, he just wants to read books. How about Bellatrix Lestrange? She's still Slytherin. She doesn't change. She's anything. just exactly the same. Except that she's more obviously horny. If you're going to be evil with all of me, you need to be evil with all of me. Are you talking about my Horcruxes? Because I wouldn't even be here without those. <laughs> Okay, but Lucius Malfoy. Lucius Malfoy. It's not over yet. Sort Lucius. On the one hand, he's <laughs> very determined. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, he's also very ambitious. Lightning round. Yeah, I'll say he's probably still Slytherin. I'm going to disagree. I think he's Hufflepuff. You think he's Hufflepuff? Okay. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that ambitious. I think he's more about. He's more about loyalty. 
unlike Lucius in the book, turned against Voldemort True. the moment he was gone. True. This Lucius stays loyal even though when his corpse is on the ground. True. Yeah. All right, sure. Yeah. How about Yaxley? <laughs> oh, I love this Yaxley. I almost want to say Hufflepuff, but he does turn against Lucius immediately. Yeah. I think he's I think he's Slytherin in the crony sense of he will just follow the highest power. Yeah, probably. Dean Thomas. You want some bubble gum? <laughs> I like I can't I can't think of anything else that Dean does. You don't have to. Give me a house. Probably still Gryffindor. Yeah, fine, that's cool. Cool. How about Seamus? Gryffindor, Molly. Probably Gryffindor. Hell yeah. Rita Skeeter. Ravenclaw? Sure. Yeah. Neville Schlongbottom. Hufflepuff. Arthur Weasley. Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> How about Goyle? Hufflepuff, he's so loyal. Goyle, loyal, loyal, Goyle. Loyal, Goyle. Loyal, Goyle. Crap. Uh, Gryffindor. Okay. Any reason whatsoever? I'm just feeling it. Okay. Lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> Rumble roar. He's literally a lion. He's a Gryffindor. Rumble roar. Rumble roar! Mike did not like that. Scarfy. Mm, Scarfy is a Hufflepuff. Yeah. How about Sorty? Ah, uh, our last character is the Sorting Hat. Oh, shit! What house is the Sorting Hat in? Ravenclaw. Yeah. He's a smart boy. Uh, he's a thinking cap. And that's Harry Potter... Sorted. That's a very Potter musical sorted. Same thing. <laughs> it's not. That's why we did this. <laughs> I don't know about you, Alex, but I found that to be pretty good. I did find that to be quite enjoyable, yes. <laughs> We're both Hufflepuff. We are both Hufflepuff. I love... I love... My dad, okay, my dad claims to be a Hufflepuff because he saw somewhere on the internet that Hufflepuffs are good finders, and he's good at finding things, and that's his reasoning okay. for declaring himself a Hufflepuff. I personally think he's a Ravenclaw. Um, Probably. Yeah, but he's like, no, I'm really good at finding stuff, and that's a Hufflepuff thing, right? And I had to explain to him that, no, that's not actually a real thing. That's from a made-up play <laughs> that everyone just Babe. sort of accepts as canon. Alex? By Alex, real, I Alex. mean canon. It's all made up shit. But he thought it was from he thought it was from the books. I will take these plays as more canon than most Harry Potter media. But it was it was just really funny to me that he didn't he thought it was from the books and he didn't realize that it was from this like parody play made by a bunch of like idiots. Yeah, with a with a budget of one hundred dollars, fifty percent of which they spent on a giant chocolate bar. Shall we discuss that we got? An email. We got an email. We got a response. We said some bullshit and someone responded to that bullshit. Validly. So, hey Tanner, what's up? Tanner! We we hear you. We see you. Our buddy, Tanner, has a podcast called Not If I Reboot You First. And you should go check it out. It's actually kind of similar to our podcast in a lot of ways. Where they covered a different media thing. Uh, every episode, and they talk about what they would do if they rebooted that that particular media. Um, and it's very fun. Do you want to read the email? Yeah, okay. So, so our, our buddy Tanner sent us a, a very good email. This is in response to um, Into the Spider-Verse Sorted. Yes. They disagreed with some of our sorting. 
How, Jack? <laughs> Which is, no, this is exactly what we want. I wanted a uh, conversation and a discussion. We are infallible. We are not. We are garbage people. Oh, wait. Shit. I had a segment title. Yeah. It's time for Sorted Too Soon. Like that one line that Dumbledore said one time. Get it? I like that. That's good. We sorted too soon. Supposedly, supposedly, we sorted too soon. Mm-hmm. But did we? Well, Tanner writes, For Peter B., we see that his heroics and his life in general have been defined by whether or not he followed his ambitions. He pursues heroics in, in earnest in any universe. But in this one, he even says that he may have done it too much. His personal life suffers because of it. Also, TGI Spidey's is probably a big Slytherin move. Anyway, when he lands in Miles' universe, he becomes all about trying to prove that Miles can be a good Spider-Man. And there's a part of Peter B. that probably goes, if this kid can be a good Spider-Man, then I can still be a good Spider-Man too. See the part where his life starts to fall apart? When he goes against his nature and stops following his ambitions, he's going through the motions of heroics, and he can't commit to a full and happy life with MJ. So Miles helps him realize how much he loved being Spider-Man, all parts of it. And he has the cunning part down as well, what with distracting Miles to get out of being tied up and trying to charm his way through the entirety of Alchemax. Um, that was the argument for Peter B. Parker being a Slytherin. Yeah. Where did we swap Peter B.? We said Gryffindor. We said Gryffindor. Tanner argues that Peter B. is in fact a Slytherin and makes a good argument. I'm inclined to be swayed. Yeah, I think, damn, Zap was right. We should have listened to Zap more. My dog was also correct, yeah. Yeah. However, in regards yep. to our sorting of Kingpin into Slytherin, aka Wilson Fist, Tanner has a counterpoint for that as well. Uh, email reads Here's my case for Kingpin as Hufflepuff. Hufflepuffs are all about loyalty, but loyalty is not necessarily soft. Loyalty can be selfish. He cares deeply about his family to the detriment of basically everyone around him. You mentioned that he's willing to steal his family from another version of himself, but Kingpin doesn't give a thwip about alternate Fisks. <laughs> Very good use of thwip, by the way. Um, he only cares about his wife and son. He's not trying to get Vanessa and their kid back to feel better about himself or to prove that he can. He's doing it because he loves them so hard that he will destroy the fabric of space-time to see them, whether they like it or not. And we 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 have already talked about it, and generally don't agree. The argument for Wilson Fisk being a Hufflepuff because he's loyalty uh, to an extreme selfish degree. I I think we disagree that that's loyalty. Yeah, so that's not loyalty. That's obsession. Yeah, and we almost like it's loyalty in the same sense that Snape was loyal to Lily, including yes. before including before they went to Hogwarts. It, yeah, it was obsession and like uh, going against what she wanted in favor of what he wanted because he like he just cared about what he wanted, mm-hmm. his ambition in that aspect. And Snape was still sorted into Slytherin, and I think Kingpin would still be Slytherin. Too. Yeah. So basically, you're fucking wrong, Tanner. You're <laughs> but wrong. But we we kindly disagree. Well, you're wrong. You're so fucking wrong. Feel free to send us <laughs> another email and fight us or tweet at us. Anyone can do that. Tweet at us at yeah. Sorted Pod on Twitter. Do you disagree with us that Voldemort's a Hufflepuff? <laughs> a valid response. Tweet at us. <laughs> tweet at us. Email us. Hey, how, hey, hey, hey. How can they tweet at us? They can tweet at us at Sorted Pod on Twitter. Or they could tweet at us individually. I'm at codename JD. And I'm at Pachu, P-T-C-H-E-W. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Also, thanks to the Pocket Podcast Network for supporting us and hosting us. 
And thanks to Matt Majakuma of the Wamping Willows for the use of our theme song, The House of Awesome Theme Song. My house hot take is that Hufflepuffs are extremely stubborn. No, we're not. <laughs> Babe? I'm not stubborn. <laughs> I will fight you. I will Babe? fight you in defense of this argument indefinitely. I'm right. Babe? Hello. You're one of the most stubborn people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stubborn. I'm just right. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, I... I I begrudgingly changed my mind about Peter. Yeah. But Tanner is completely and utterly wrong about Kingpin. And you should feel <laughs> bad about it, Tanner. No, please. But pl- send us more emails. Pl- please please continue to interact with us. We love you. <laughs> Go check out Tanner's podcast, Not If I Reboot You First. Tweet at us about Cho Chang. Tweet at us about Cho Chang. Send us Cho Changs and we'll sort them in awkward senses. <laughs> so we're, we're ending our episodes. Asking for you to send us specific things to sort on our Twitter. And we mean that sincerely. Please send us things to sort. Send us your parents and we'll sort them. Send your parents to us in the mail. We'll do an unboxing. Hopefully they'll survive. And then we'll sort them. I sorted my dad on the show. Yeah, it's true. And if you want me to sort my mum, you'll have to tune in next time. Yes. Send us your parents and we'll sort them. Bye. Send us your parents. Send us your parents. I'm starting a new house and it's called awesome. Starting a new house. It's called awesome. Starting a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hello, I'm Britty. Hello, my name is David. David, if you were a barista, what would you grow? I would grow burritos. I would be known as the Barista Burrito Man. Oh, okay. You know, I would probably um, grow some, like, hardcore tea beans. Like, I didn't know didn't know if you knew, but, like, tea and coffee together means tea beans. What would I call it? Tabons. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you can hear icebreakers like this and other great stuff on Time Zones Are Hard. Find us wherever you find your podcasts.